0: This is Prime Connections. We're your hosts. I'm Leah. And I'm Jackie. Welcome back. This is the first case that we're releasing after our little break. We hope everyone had a Happy New Year, a Merry Christmas, all the good things, saw some family. Yeah, all the Stay good safe. holiday, yummy food, the <laughs> cookies. It's my oh. favorite part. Today's two cases that we are going to highlight are both considered unsolved and happened in the 1980s. They are considered cold cases, but very recently, back in 2020, the Ohio Attorney General's Office highlighted that these cases will be revisited and looked into by a completely new cold case team to try and bring some closure. This is the case of Joanne Hebert and Robin Durer. On Wednesday, July 22, 1981, 14-year-old Joanne Lynn Hebert left her home on her reddish-orange 10-speed bicycle in Shawnee Hills, Ohio. Shawnee Hills, Ohio is northwest of Columbus. It's actually pretty close to the Columbus Zoo and Aquarium, and it's not a very large area. It's considered part of the Columbus metropolitan area. So to me, it's a lot like Cincinnati or even here in Toledo. Mm -hmm. You just say you live in Toledo But you might
1: actually live... In mommy or Pittsburgh or... But you say, I just live in the Toledo area. Yeah. Like
0: in Cincinnati. You could live in Mount Adams, but you say, I just live in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. It's a lot like that. She lived in Shawnee Hills, but she basically lived in Columbus. Columbus, yeah. Joanne was last seen by her older brother, Keith, when she left their house. And she explained that she was going to the Tags Market to buy a soda pop. This is back in the 1980s, so it's just like... A little market nothing big almost just like a gas station like store. a corner store type yeah thing. kind of like a corner store okay this is definitely when it was completely normal for kids to ride their bikes to the local store it's nothing like today when I know a lot of parents hesitate letting their kids ride their bikes even down the street yeah I'm one of those parents I had a hard time letting my daughter just ride her bike to school and we don't live that far from the school that she went to yeah But it was still difficult for me. Like, she had everything. She had an AirTag. I was able to track her. (laughs) Back in the 80s, though, it was like, okay, bye. Mm -hmm. See you later. Come home for dinner. Ride
1: the bus. Go to the mall for five hours and come back home. Yeah.
0: At the Tags Market, some witnesses saw Joanne talking on a payphone around 5 p.m. This is also when payphones were a thing. (laughs) When the market closed at 8 p.m., Joanne was nowhere to be found, but her 10-speed bicycle was found still parked outside of the market. The bike ended up either being stolen or taken by her assailant, but it was never found again. And if it was last seen when the market was locked up and closed for the night, nobody knows where it went after that. Weird. Around 11 p.m., when Joanne still had not returned home, her family first started to search for her on their own she was 14. They thought maybe she went to a friend's house, lost track of time. Um, her dad, kind of at one point, even said that maybe she had some bike trouble. It wasn't far from their house, only a few miles. But still, if you get like a flat tire and mm-hmm. you're stuck walking back home, it could take some time. It could take yeah. some time. They searched for roughly three hours. And then they called the Delaware County Sheriff's Office around 2 a.m. and reported her missing. For months, there was no sign of Joanne. The police had very little information to go off, considering that she was last seen at 5 p.m. outside of a popular market, and then she wasn't seen anymore. Nobody saw her get into a car. Nobody saw her talking to anybody. So it's very unclear if she was abducted or if she left willingly. Remember, her bike was left behind, so she didn't leave on her bike. But nobody remembers seeing her talking to anyone or getting into a car with anyone. It's not. It's not that it couldn't have happened, mm-hmm. but it was a popular market, and no one came forward saying they saw her.
1: Well, and I mean, there's so many people at those little markets. Mm-hmm. Would you really notice if a little girl was talking to someone that maybe looked like her father? Well, and or- she wasn't even little. I mean, fourteen. Oh, yeah. So, well, even, like, if she was talking to an adult male or something, would it be suspicious to anyone thinking, oh, she's talking to her dad, her uncle, her brother. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the only, I think I can see where some people are like, well, no one saw her
0: talking to anyone because it's such a small town. But it's a small area right outside of a very large area. Mm -hmm. I mean, Columbus is huge. Yeah. It's a huge city. So... I'm sure, like you said, there were a lot of people that weren't from Shawnee Hills that could have been going to this market, and this market was right near railroads.
1: So was that's gonna another thing we're going like to get into. Highway or anything? yeah, that's
0: another thing we're going to get into. But that was one thing too that kind of was highlighted is it was right near railroad tracks, and again, this is the 1980s. Mm-hmm. People would hop on trains; they were crazy back then. So <laughs> it was before our time. <laughs> It wouldn't be until September 29, 1981, when a squirrel hunter came across a partially decomposed body in a wooded area in southeastern Union County, which was only three miles or so from Joanne's house. Oh,
1: that's terrible.
0: The Union County coroner ruled Joanne's cause of death to be homicide. Joanne had been beaten with a blunt instrument on her skull, and she was also raped. Her body was found with only her blouse and bra on, and her Levi jeans were placed right next to her body. They were folded up and placed right next to
1: her body. Oh my gosh! That's During so the, sad.
0: I know. I. Any case is sad, but it always breaks my heart when it's like a young, so much life ahead of her. Yeah. It's just. Well, crazy. and it's just
1: the fear that you know they had. Yeah. That's it's like yeah, no one should worst. spend
0: their last moments of their life that feeling offering. that way. Mm-hmm. During the time between when Joanne went missing and her body had been found, it was revealed that police had questioned whether or not Joanne had actually just run away. So while she was missing, it was really difficult because the parents kept saying she didn't run away. She's mm-hmm. never been that way. It's not her personality. We know that something sinister happened. Yeah. And the police were like, "Nah." but do you know she's a 14-year-old girl, hormonal, moody? She could have just run away, and you guys just want to believe she did it. So it was one of... I mean, we've seen it so many times in Unfortunately, cases. Unfortunately, yeah. And I think that a little bit, there wasn't as much done. Because she was found that far from her home in mm-hmm. a wooded area.
1: Well, and you got to think also social media now we see things so often and we always think the worst yeah when it comes to anything and i feel like back then that was not the case yeah we always thought oh it's fine she just ran away she'll come back no one did anything bad you know what yeah. i mean they're more innocent or ignorant to yeah the ignorant i think is a really
0: good word to use because There's a lot of speculation that if they would have taken it a little bit more seriously, they would have found her body a lot sooner. Which, unfortunately, is a lot of the time. Yes. And I don't think that they were able to collect any DNA evidence or much evidence at all All off of her body because she was outside for so long. Mm -hmm. And she went missing at the end of July, which even back in the 80s, July and August, those are like the hottest months in Ohio. For sure. So. Especially the more south you go, it's hotter, obviously. Mm -hmm. So. It also was before surveillance cameras became more common I did look up that surveillance cameras did not really get put into markets and grocery stores and gas stations until the 1990s so this is 10 years and this is again a small town outside of Columbus so there was no reason for them to have any type of surveillance camera so even though surveillance cameras were a thing it just wasn't a thing yet
1: well, and even if there would have been a surveillance camera, how good would the quality yeah, of be? Yeah, exactly. It probably would have been be? like a small yeah.
0: frame. Joanne was getting ready to start her freshman year at Dublin High School. This was the summer before she was going into her freshman year. And when she went missing, it was revealed that she was actually a very frightened person of the world. In a sense, she was one of those people that worried about the littlest things that could happen in everyday life. Friends and classmates of Joanne have spoken out since her disappearance to say, well, since her murder, to say that she was a very quiet and timid person. She kept to herself and she always constantly seemed frightened. So even for in the 1980s, I know it's a little bit more common now. We're a lot more aware Mm -hmm. of anxieties and having fears of certain things like social anxieties but back in the 80s I think it was very like oh that girl's just really weird but she had like social anxieties being so frightened about literally anything made Joanna's mother know for a fact that she wouldn't have gone off with some random stranger not willingly
1: so maybe they portrayed (laughs) that they were a person of authority or something to make her trust
0: them Mm -hmm. or you know like something like that maybe Joanne's mom, Sandra, also had no idea who Joanne could have been calling on a payphone at the market that day. But she was still so adamant until the very end until her... I mean, even when her body was found, she said it was a stranger that did this. It was not somebody that she knew. The police believed that Joanne could have gone off with someone that she knew because she was so case. feared. Yeah. But like you said, she could have just gone off with someone that she thought was an authority figure that mm-hmm. she could trust. For sure. And this is kind of where Joanne's case ends. It turned cold pretty quickly because there was no evidence to go off of. It hasn't completely been revealed if they were able to obtain DNA samples or not. But I would assume that because she was outside, it there might not have been DNA left. But I also could assume that there was DNA left because she was sexually assaulted. And usually in those cases, even... When they're outside in the elements, you're able to obtain some type of DNA. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and her jeans were folded and all of that, so yep, they were neatly folded. I feel folded like they could have gotten something off of that. Yeah, it hasn't been revealed,
0: but it's also been it had this happened forty years ago. So if the police are holding on to that information for whatever reason, I don't quite understand that because. Mm-hmm. I think now would be the time to kind of put it out there. Like, oh, this is new information on this case that we have. They haven't revealed any new information about Period. her case. Yeah. yeah, They've picked it up, and the cold case team is investigating it, but nothing news come about it. One thing that I did come across on WebSleuths is that Joanne did have a boyfriend at the time of her disappearance named Roger. Now, considering this came from WebSleuths and, and is in no way verified, Please take this information with a grain of salt. But it was said that Joanne was dating a man named Roger and he was actually older than her. He also had a car. It was possible that she could have been hiding her romance with him from her family because he was older and her parents would not have approved of it. Nowhere in my research did I ever see that he was a potential suspect at any point in time, but I do wonder if he could have been the person she called on the payphone. Yeah. If she was hiding the romance from her family, she wouldn't have felt comfortable calling him from their landline at her house. So she could have been saying to her older brother, Keith, I'm going to go down to the convenience store. I'm going to get a soda. And then maybe she called Roger Mm -hmm. and whether or not, she was getting ready to meet him and during that time she was abducted.
1: Not sure. Well, and are we saying I wonder if it's older such an such as he's 16 and she's 14. Yeah,
0: it was something like or that. I mean again, this was on web sleuths, but he was I think a junior and she was oh, going so into her like freshman too crazy. year. Yeah. yeah, no, it wasn't like he was in his 20s and she was in her teens. Yeah, But she came from a pretty conservative family, so I think even anyone older to her parents was kind of like ugh scandalous yeah Yeah. on July 18th 2023 a bulletin was released by the Union County Sheriff's Office reminding residents of Joanne's unsolved murder and urging anyone that could have information to please come forward and speak with them so now that we talked about Joanne we're going to go on to the case of 19 year old Robin Durer Robin Durer was a developmentally disabled woman that lived at home with her parents and her 5 year old brother When I say developmentally disabled, she was 19, but she had the mentality of a young teenager, like 10, 11. That's how her parents explained it. Yeah. She was fully functioning, but she looked 19. Like the maturity
1: of a child.
0: Yeah. And I have cousins that are that way as well. They are in their, I think in their 50s, but they have the mentality of like a young teenager. And they are the sweetest people you'll ever meet. They wouldn't hurt a fly. And Mm -hmm. that's exactly how Robin Durr was. She was trusting of everyone.
1: Unfortunately, yeah.
0: Yeah. On Wednesday, September 9th, 1981, Robin was supposed to be at home watching her younger brother while her parents were away. Robin lived in Franklin County, Ohio, which is roughly 30 minutes south of Delaware County, where Joanne was from. And 45 minutes south of Union County, where Joanne's body was found. Franklin County is also near Columbus. All of these are near Columbus. It's not really far when you look at it on a map. Yeah. It's only 20 to 30 miles total difference. It's believed that around 7 p.m., Robin took her brother over to the neighbor's house and asked them to watch him. And she rode her 10 speed bike to a B and C market which was about a half a mile from her house, to get something to eat. Clerks at the market and other witnesses told authorities that they saw Robin buying a candy bar and a soda pop around 7.30. She stopped and spoke with some friends, and then she was seen riding her bike away from the market at 7.40 on Rathmell Road, which was right near the railroads that were between mm. the market and her home. So she was seen going home. Robin's parents had returned that evening around 10 o'clock to find the house completely empty. And the neighbor came over and said, I I have your five-year-old son. Robin has not been back yet. She was supposed
1: to come back. I'm just so confused why they would even leave a five-year-old alone with her. I That's surprising to me. It is. I, I can
0: see it on both sides, though. Like back in the 1980s, You know, they didn't have a lot. There wasn't much known about people with kind of like, I don't want to say that condition, but people that were developmentally delayed. I don't, and if she was fully functioning and she kind of seemed to be, and a five-year-old, I will say too, I have a five-year-old. They are a little bit more self-sufficient, not completely, but they're not as much to handle. I would trust my oldest to watch my five-year-old son for a couple hours. I would have no, there'd be no concern. So I can kind of get it. I don't think that they were planning on being gone for super long. Yeah. But I do also, on the other hand, kind of like, you're kind of playing with fire. But I think they had supportive neighbors, too, because... Obviously, yeah. The neighbor's like, yeah, sure. Of course, Robin, go ahead and mm-hmm. you know leave your brother here. It's totally fine. But immediately after her parents got home and they realized that she was not there... Robin's father went out searching for Robin, but he could not find any sign of her. So he called the police at 11 p.m. and reported Robin missing. The next evening, Thursday, September 10th, 1981, Robin Durr's body was found in the weeds near the railroad tracks that she was seen riding her bike around, like on, about 300 yards from the back of the family's property. Her oh my dad. Decided to kind of just go start searching for her. And when he went to the back of the property, because it was, again, along the railroad tracks where she would have ridden her bike to come back home, mm-hmm. he saw what looked like something had been dragged into the weeds. So he's the one that found her body. Oh, and he's the one that telephoned the police and told them that he found his daughter's dead body. Mm, that's the sad. Franklin County Coroner's Office ruled Robin's cause of death to be homicide. Robin had been beaten with a blunt object to her skull, they think possibly a tree limb, and she had been raped. Her body was only found with a blouse and socks on, and her panties and pants were found folded neatly, lying right next to her body. Robin's yellow and brown 10-speed bicycle was found near her body, just parked, like propped up and kickstand down. Wow. Mm -hmm. DNA evidence, because... They found her body less than 24 hours of her disappearance. Mm -hmm. DNA evidence was recovered from Robin's body. And authorities did release that information to the public. It's believed by authorities and by Robin's family that because she was so innocent and believed everyone to be a friend, it would not have been difficult for anybody to lure her into the wooded area near the railroad tracks by a complete stranger. Her dad gave an interview and he stated that because of the nature of her condition being delayed, she literally thought everybody was a good person. Mm -hmm. She didn't see bad in anyone, but she also knew she wasn't allowed to go into the wooded area at night. So this person must have had a really good ruse. But because there were drag marks that she had been drugged, they think that at some point she realized... This does not right. Yeah. And then...
1: Like he... The person might have scared her or yeah. something. Yeah. So I can see why people link these two cases together. 100%. percent they
0: never officially been linked together. But to me, just the fact that their clothes... Were both folded next to them. That right there. To me, that that's is... That's too big of a coincidence. Yeah. That's... Oh, that's a pattern. hmm You do it with one... You see it with one body and then not even... Three months later, another pers- another young girl disappears on a bicycle, too. So both of these girls were riding bicycles. Mm-hmm. Both of them were riding bicycles near this railroad tracks. This is actually tracks. crazy, honestly, to yeah. me. Yeah. To me, both murders are considered murders or opportunities. So I think it's one of kind of like an opportunistic killer in a sense. They can't help themselves when they see a young girl that's alone. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they were vulnerable and on a bike. Both Joanne and Robin, they were both alone. They were last seen by witnesses. And it wouldn't have been difficult to lure them away from the markets that they travel to. Especially not Robin. I hate to say that, but she was just so Mm -hmm. kind-hearted. Anything would have made her believe that she could have helped this person or this person was just acting nicely. Now Joanne, they must have had a really good ruse to convince her to get further away from the market.
1: Yeah, which makes me think somehow they're linked to the railroad. Mm-hmm. Because people, homeless people especially, would travel on the railroads that were empty. Yeah. Because it was a free shelter, you know? And you ride on the... I don't know. That just, that's yeah. crazy. when well, they were both beaten With a blunt object to the
0: head. That's Mm -hmm. how they both died. They both had been raped and they both were found with their pants neatly folded right next Next to them. Yeah. And they both were found in a wooded area. And yeah, they both have been riding their bikes near railroad tracks. Mm -hmm. So I 100% believe that the railroad tracks has something to do with it. For sure. Because if you put both of the places where they were found on the map and then you kind of like pinpoint where they were last seen. The
1: railroad tracks, it goes right through there. It's right there. Well, and they're both going to a market. Mm-hmm. So that would make sense that, you know, like, okay, if it's someone on a train, like either a homeless person or or even a worker, they could go to the market to get fresh food or yep. whatever the case may be, or yeah. to scour and look for freaking young girls exactly. to kidnap and murder.
0: Like basically lay in wait and see if there's going to be an mm-hmm. opportunity arise where they can murder a young innocent girl? Yeah. Yes, I. The one thing that still sticks with me that kind of bothers me is that no one has come out and admitted that they were the ones talking to Joanne on the payphone.
1: Yeah, that's strange. I just don't. I don't understand and they why couldn't get, they couldn't pull the records. No, not mm. on a
0: payphone. Mm. So that bothers me. Like if she had called a boyfriend that she was quote unquote hiding or if she even called a friend, why no one has come forward and said it was me she was talking to, this is what we talked about. That just kind of doesn't sit well with me. I still think that if we knew who she was talking to and what the conversation was, it might paint a clearer picture, Mm -hmm. but it also might not have anything to do with it, but I still, I think that that, I wish that that was something that was resolved. Yeah,
1: because you also have to remember though, she may not have called anyone, she may have called one of those 1-800 numbers because in the 80s, those 1-800 numbers were huge. Mm -hmm. You could call um, sex lines, you could call, I know there was a You could call for like a joke for a day. Yeah, Yeah, like there was a teenager line where you could speak to someone if you were having a lot of Mm -hmm. emotions, Mm -hmm. and and it would be an adult, and then mm-hmm. there some of them. Unfortunately, we've actually covered like way in the beginning when we first started the podcast. Me and Sarah covered a case where a girl called one of those, mm-hmm. and then it ended up linking to a pedophile in California. And I couldn't research a ton on that because mm-hmm. of the fact that I didn't want my history to be pedophilia. Oh yeah, crap. Um, but you know. So, I mean, those 1-800... Like, anyone could yeah, that's create what, a 1-800. So, she could have easily called one of that's those, That's true. Maybe.
0: I didn't even think of that. I just wish that that was something that we could know. Look into, yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, who the last person know, was that she spoke with. I know now you can track mm-hmm. pay phones. Because pay phones are still a thing. They're, yeah. I mean, they're very rare. But you can look I and just, see who was called. And mm-hmm. I think because it was the 80s, it was, it
0: was still something a thing, that yeah. a lot of places didn't have the ability to do. Mm-hmm. Or... Yeah, they just, they didn't have the resources. And then for Joanne's bike, the only reason I don't think it was found near her body is because I think when she was lured away from the market or abducted by the assailant, I don't think she just, she just didn't have her bike. She wasn't on her bike. Yeah. But for Robin, she was on her bike. That's mm-hmm. why her bike was found by her. But I do think it's something that they both were riding their bikes mm-hmm. alone to a convenience store. By a railroad track. Yeah. And the fact that neither case has been officially linked, it's they weird. haven't publicly come out and said it's linked, but they revealed that both of these cases were being revisited. So, in my, so I it's think a that, possibility. yeah, I think that even the cold case team is kind of like, hmm, there might be a link here. Yeah. But they are not going to come out and publicly say that it is. For sure. Both cases have been reopened, but without any additional evidence. I don't think they're going to have much luck solving the cases.
1: I don't think so either.
0: The murder in both cases, I think, was either, like you said, they were visiting the area and they seized the opportunity when they saw both girls riding alone on their bikes. Or they could have lived in the area and they knew the area and they waited for these opportunities to rise. It could be either or. It could have been somebody, just like you said, traveling on a train Mm -hmm. and they happened in that three-month time frame to kind of, like, run into both of these girls and take that opportunity. But it also could be somebody that lives in the area that could have been using the railroads
1: to... Or even a truck driver that yeah. visited the area multiple times. Because there's some... There's multiple different types of routes when you are a truck driver. Mm-hmm. There is the ones that consistently go back and forth from one place to another, Mm -hmm. or there's ones that go, like, all the way across country, and then they come back. So, and they don't have the same, Mm -hmm. uh, the same route. Route? Route. Yeah, I'm like, Why do I route? I don't know. The same route every time. Mm -hmm. But then there's some that have it every single time. It's the same thing. Like, they'll go back and forth to Florida or something, Mm -hmm. you know? So, it even could be something along the lines of that. It's just... I couldn't find any
0: other cases in the Columbus area that were similar to these two I mean I tried every type of search you could think of so I don't know if this murderer literally could have been riding the train tracks and then up and left the area after murdering Robin I just don't think that this person killed Joanne and Robin and then was like, eh, okay, I'm done. Good enough. No more. Yeah. So I'm, unless they're
1: arrested for some reason. Or, yeah, you know. but then
0: like with their DNA though, I feel like they would have been convicted of Robin because their DNA now, they'd be yeah. yeah, they'd be in the system. But again, with no evidence. And also when you try researching unsolved murders where young women were murdered and sexually assaulted, the results are extremely upsetting and overwhelming. So I tried my hardest without <laughs> feeling too just icky yeah but there are no other unsolved cases or even solved cases in that area where um a young girl yeah had been murdered in her pants i mean that to me that's like the number one thing Mm -hmm. the fact that their clothes were folded nicely and put right next to them yeah it's just not a coincidence no no possible way that it is And like I said earlier, there is DNA evidence from Robin's case, but nothing has come from that evidence. So now it just kind of seems like a waiting game. They did just release that bulletin um, for Joanne back in July of 2023. But from what I could see, nothing has really come from them re-releasing that and reminding everyone, hey, this is still an open case. We're still trying to solve this. Mm -hmm. So
1: Well, and the nice thing is with this whole genealogy, Mm -hmm. DNA now, there's a good possibility that something could come from something
0: that. could yeah I just think if they f- were to find with the DNA from Robin's case if they were to find who murdered Robin I would be willing to bet anything on it that that person's also responsible for Joanne and I wouldn't be surprised if there's more than just Robin and Joanne yeah I just I very strongly kind of stick with the theory that it was someone that was just traveling on the railroads mm-hmm. and there have been other cases that I've heard of where there's been like serial killers that just hop on the trains and go from place, to place there was one serial killer he would just get off the train when it would stop and then he would go to houses and once he found a house that was unlocked he'd go in and he'd violently murder the person in the house there was no he had no like motive there was no specific person he was
1: looking for just pure opportunity
0: yep and then he'd hop back on the train and go on his way so
1: it's like good freaking luck with that one yeah and
0: back in the 80s i think it was a lot easier to do than now Mm -hmm. so unfortunately that kind of is the end of both of these cases there's really no other information out there about either one I mean, we'll keep an eye on it to see if anything comes out of them reopening them. But as of now, nothing else has come out of it. If you or anyone you know has information regarding the murder of Joanne Hebert, please call the Union County Sheriff's Office at 937-645-4110. If you or anyone you know has information regarding the murder of Robin Durr, please call the Franklin County Sheriff's Office at 614-525-3333. As always, thank you for listening to Crime Connections. If you so kindly would please follow, share, and go like us on Facebook at Crime Connections or follow us on Instagram at Crime Connections Pod. You can also join in on the discussion of these cases at our new discussion Facebook page, Crime Connections Podcast Discussion Board. If you have any news, tips, or cases you want us to look into, please feel free to email, DM us, or post it on the podcast discussion board. You know we love hearing from you guys. Thanks. Thanks, guys.